Good morning, everyone, and welcome to our service this morning. Cam picked out most of the songs this time around, and we tried to... Our first songs um, are ones that we thought were kind of characteristics that you need to work at camp and where your strength comes from. Um, <laughs> that was our camp theme. Uh, so we're going to start with Be Thou My Vision. Thank you. 
serving Jesus, which we did last week for the first time probably ever, except for a really, really, really long time ago, like 1931. Um, but it's a really great song, really great words, and um, it might be new for those of you who weren't here last week, but um, if we'll sing three verses, so by the end you'll catch on. Jesus. 
Thank you for your singing. There's a spider on the mic here. <laughs> Thankfully, not some singing uh, music team. Much appreciated. Except he really made me feel old, Bonnie. <laughs> <laughs> that last song we sung. <laughs> that last song we sung a lot when we, I was growing up and I was a little kid in church. We sang that song a lot. So, it's an old familiar hymn like that, and to think that a lot of people now—that's a never heard it. New song. <laughs> so, anyway, welcome all to church here this morning. Good to see each one of you. And uh, appreciate you coming. And it's a special Sunday for us as we have uh, a director of our camp with us this morning. So uh, let's take our bulletins, open them up, please, and we'll read that call of worship together. Okay, together, the Lord reigns. Let the earth rejoice. Let the many islands be glad. The heavens declare his righteousness, and all the peoples have seen his glory. Let's bow in prayer. Lord God, we want to just come here in that spirit to praise your name. All of creation focuses on you and points to you and declare your righteousness. All of us, all peoples have seen your creation. We've all seen your glory in your creation and in other ways. And we've gathered together here, Lord God, as a body of believers to praise your name together and to worship you together because you are our God. So we thank you for allowing us to be together and we just ask that you would take this service and use it to speak to us and encourage us and feed us. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Scripture reading. Gloria, please. I'm reading from Colossians 1. Colossians chapter 1, verses 9 to 14. For this reason, since the day we heard about you, we have not stopped praying for you. We continually ask God to fill you with the knowledge of his will through all the wisdom and understanding that the Spirit gives, so that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and please him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might, so that you may have great endurance and patience, and giving joyful thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of his holy people in the kingdom of light. For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son he loves, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins.
as I said, it's our privilege this uh, this morning to have our director of our camp, Manitou Lake Bible Camp, with us. Uh, he comes and visits us every spring and uh, shares a report of what the camp is doing and what the plans are for the summer and and uh, some of the things that they're excited about and some of the things they need prayer for and, and help in and to challenge us uh, as a church. Let's put our involvement in our camp, which we are a supporting member. And uh, it's always a favorite uh, service of the year when uh, Seth comes and, and uh, shares that with us. So, uh, Seth, take it away. <laughs> That's a lot of pressure, this being a, a favorite. <laughs> but I'm very happy to be here again. <laughs> I'm happy to be here again, and I wanted to start by uh, passing on hello from Leslie and the kids. Uh, they they wish they could be here with us this morning too, but we would probably crowd this place out with with all of them. Um, so we missed coming last spring, and uh, boy, did we ever miss it! It it, it seems like it's been a lot longer than a year. Uh, since we've been to all the supporting churches, and uh, it's just a real privilege to be back in person. Even in, even with uh, faces covered, it's good to see your faces, good to see your eyes. And uh, as you know, um, the camp, this is, this is our 81st year of ministry, um, which is incredible. Um, but the mission hasn't really changed in those 81 years. So I think uh, if the first slide's up there. Uh, the mission says that we're, we exist to make disciples of Jesus Christ through a biblically-based camp program. Now, that's really kind of wordy to say one simple thing. We exist because we want to introduce people to Jesus, the good news of the gospel, and teach them how to follow him. And so, um, that's, that's been the mission right from 1940 and on. Um, this year, as it was for everyone, was quite a shake-up. Um, last year, about this time, we had just kind of gotten into this season of pandemic, and we really weren't sure what summer was going to look like. Um, we weren't sure if we'd be able to have anyone come visit the camp property. We weren't sure, uh, I can't remember exactly when, or around now was when we had to make the decision to say to the 28 uh, summer staff that there was no longer a job for them, because we were pretty sure we wouldn't be able to, to run. And uh, so it was big. Uh, decisions and heavy decisions last year at this time. Um, one thing that we were sure of, though, right from the start of the pandemic, was that we were going to do whatever we could. The camp board uh, was there, us as a staff team were there. We were we were going to do whatever we could to to bring some form of camp ministry uh, last summer. And so we had started out uh, being creative, and uh, we actually had after we told those 28 kids that there was no no summer jobs. We still had, I believe, eight of them uh, volunteer to come anyways uh, without pay. And they spent the spring with us uh, brainstorming about how we could do camp ministry creatively. One of the ideas that we worked on was a virtual program. So that's camp on a screen. It doesn't sound that fun now looking back. And thankfully, it went, I mean, they, did, they put a lot of great planning into it. We uh, had some very creative people there. Uh, but thankfully, the Saskatchewan government allowed us to do in-person day camp uh, programs last year. So we switched gears quite quickly in and around uh, 
It was close to the start of June when we got that news. And so we very quickly shifted gears and got planning. I will say this. One thing COVID has taught me and us is it's been like a master crash, a master class or crash course in logistics planning and then replanning and then replanning. And so uh, um, we are very thankful last year to be able to host that day camp program through the month of July. We did have a family camp of sorts as well at the end there and it was, it was really good to be in person. One thing we noticed, every person that came onto site, whether young or old, was just craving that in-person uh, community uh, atmosphere and, and uh, I don't think that's going to be very different. This year we've been mostly in school and at work but last year at, this, at the start of summer people had been at home a lot more than they were used to. Um, so that was the summer. One of the uh, blessings again through being forced to be creative, they say that uh, necessity is the mother of invention and that's true. Um, because we were forced into uh, doing this day camp programming using this model for ministry, which was very detailed and um, and and it it uh, you know gave us a framework that we were able to be creative in the fall in the winter and we actually ran I believe more ministry events this year than we've ever done before using that that model so we were thankful in some, in some ways that uh, COVID got us thinking creatively so that we could continue on and push forward like we said. At, like I said earlier, we had resolved right from the start that we were not going to back away from ministry, that we were going to press into it. And so one of the um, projects that we launched last April, at the very start of April, uh, was called Manitou 365. It's a fundraising project because the camp board for a couple of years now has sensed it's time to do more, to go year-round uh, with our ministry with a, with a very sharp focus on discipleship ministry. At the camp, so summer camp is is amazing. It it's like, um, you know, kids from all different backgrounds, families from all different backgrounds come and they hear the good news about Jesus. Um, those that that decide to make that faith their own, um, what are the next steps for them? One of the things that we thought we could offer as a camp is some support and training opportunities, and community and and service opportunities, and. Uh, we wanted to expand that beyond just the summer season. So Manitou 365 was launched at the least um, strategic point in history, probably in the last 100 years. With the start of a pandemic and the downturn in the economy, we thought, let's try to raise some money. And, um, you know, one of, the, one of the driving forces for that was we wanted to start offering these training opportunities. Well, because of COVID and because we couldn't do overnight anyways, we went ahead and launched our Gospel Basics uh, retreats this winter. And they were very, very good. Um, we did two of the five so far. Next season, we're going to do all five, whether it's day camp model or regular retreat where they're staying overnight. We're going to keep going with that as we wait for the money to come in uh, so that we can expand our housing capacity at camp. Um, while I'm on the topic of Manitou 365, I'll explain just a bit more about that. If you haven't already seen the video or heard about it, um, it's an, an initiative, like I said, to go year-round. We've already got about 80% of what we need to do really effective year-round ministry at camp. We have a beautiful dining hall. We've got land. Uh, we've got the perfect setting. Uh, we've got a staff team now that uh, are ready and, and uh, able to run, run these programs. 
what we were lacking is overnight housing. Uh, we can do retreats, and some of you have been at those retreats, ladies especially, where you cram into the dining hall and sleep on the floor. In January, is not quite so much fun. Um, well, maybe it is. But we want to do it better, and we want to, um, to bring more housing capacity so we can do a retreat with a bit more excellence. And so we've uh, got a housing unit in mind to purchase. The price tag on that housing unit is already uh, it's a fully finished unit. Is two hundred thousand uh, dollars. We'd have to, of course, move it and put it onto a basement, and um, so that's that's uh, that's the sort of step one of it of the project. Another component of that was to bring on an additional uh, team member so that we could do programming continuously and do it well year round. And we last year welcomed Jade Summerfeld to our team. I have some uh, prayer cards of hers in the car. I forgot to bring them in because I wasn't going to set up a display, but. If you want a prayer card to think about Jade, um, come tap me on the shoulder after the service and I'll grab you one. But anyway, she came on as the Director of Creative Programming and has been continuously busy actually since she started because we've had a very uh, full season of programming. The third component of Manitou 365 is a maintenance shop. For all of you that, all of you that have helped do maintenance at camp, you're going to recognize we have a bit of a, a lack of a maintenance headquarters at camp. Uh, we have a little shack and jammed full of supplies and a, you know, we've got equipment all over the place. Right now we use the tabernacle, that tent, for our winter, our storage unit. Um, and we just, as we continue to grow as an organization, see a need to do maintenance with excellence so that uh, we can see our facility last many, many years. And so all together, those three components, the total fundraising uh, goal is $600,000. Um, this year, to date, I still am we're still telling the results from our banquet, um, but we're um, some are just over forty thousand dollars raised to date. Um, our hope and our prayer is that this would be a three-year project that we could have that raised by the end of the third year. Um, we're praying for uh, God to do amazing things in that. One of the creative ideas that we uh, launched, at least I think it's creative, that uh, we launched. Um, just a couple of months ago was we gave a challenge to our agricultural producers to, to bring some of the first fruits of their labors to the table for this project. And, and uh, so we've called it Crops and Cows for Camp. And the way that it works is basically a grain farmer can donate directly out of the bushels of grain that come off the field. And uh, so we started out with just crops. And we said, Couldn't we could we raise from all the different producers that are out there 10,000 bushels of of grain for a year. That's a lot of grain. And that's even more uh, funds raised. And so we started talking about that with some of our egg producers. And then I quickly heard from some cattle guys. They said, well, actually, we want in on that too. We think we could do better than the, the grain, grain producers. And so we expanded it into crops and cows. So the goal is 10,000 bushels of grain, 10,000 pounds of beef, and the proceeds of that going directly into this project. And so if you, wouldn't, if you think of it and would like to pray for us, that's, one, uh, that's a massive goal for us. Uh, it's not too big for God. We know that he is the, the owner of the cattle on a thousand hills. And so uh, we're just waiting to see um, how God brings that all together. What's coming up this summer? Because we are going to have camp this summer. Is anyone excited about that? I, I know I am. Uh, we are going to have camp this summer in whatever way that we possibly can. We opened registration uh, about a month ago. 
and we opened registration on a few different types of programs. One was day camp, which we ran last year, because we're fairly confident that'll still be in the regulations allowing us to do. And so we have five weeks of day camp programming at, at Manitou. We've also uh, planned for two remote weeks. So we're going to go to Lloyd one week with a crew and run a, an off-site day camp. And um, it's, we haven't confirmed the second location, but it's going to be south of us. Um, and so the, the, uh, that's step one of that. Comes with one difficulty. And here's another prayer item. Uh, getting kids back and forth every day is, is a big challenge for families. We are looking at, at different options to get busing provided from a couple of key locations to camp and back over the weeks. And if, if you have contacts in that kind of realm, would, would you talk to Pastor Glenn or myself? Uh, we'd love to, to connect the dots there because it's actually been a little bit challenging to find busing options. We do have, um, we worked on a charter bus and it's about $1,000 a day. So it might be just out of our price range to, to charter a, a bus and driver. Um, but we're willing to be creative. 15 passenger van, whatever it takes, I think we can work something out. That's day camps. The second option, which has proved to be very, very popular, is we have permission to run a camp called Intense Camp. And it's basically overnight sleeping in a tent. Each kid gets their own tent. Now you might as a parent be thinking that is a disaster waiting to happen. You're going to turn these kids loose in tents. Who's supervising? Um, they'll be still very closely supervised. Uh, the, group, the, the way that it works, the kids will be set up in a guy's group of tents and a girl's group of tents. The leaders will be tenting right beside them in the midst of the group. The tents will be side by side by side. So we'll be very careful with supervision, of course. All of the younger groups are going to be staying on property. So they're going to be close to running water and bathrooms and, and still do a lot of the same camp activities. Our oldest group, that's the teen group, is going to be a little more extreme. They're going to be out in the bush across the lake. And I'm, I'm excited about that one, too because I think I'll probably be out there with them. So that's intense camp, and I'm sorry to say that that's mostly already sold out. We have 40 kids a week in that, and we've sold out three weeks of it. We're considering if there's enough interest opening a fourth week. Um, but you can be put on a waiting list if you know kids that would still like to sign up for that one. The third, or the third type of camp we're doing is family camp again. Um, this one is also filling very quickly if you need a cabin. And so if you haven't already registered, I would recommend doing it this week. I think we have maybe three cabins left available uh, for family camp. This is over the August long weekend. Um, we have Pastor Dean coming back. I don't know if you remember him from the past, but he's coming, coming back to, as a speaker. We're excited about that. And uh, yeah. So that this summer is is exciting. We are hoping and praying that, you know, that suddenly their, our numbers will dive and the Saskatchewan government will say, let's do more. If that happens in time, we're ready to uh, add more traditional weeks at camp as well. Um, and so you could pray for favor there. You could pray for uh, good uh, results from all the things that are happening right now uh, because we want to do more. I know that day camp is kind of like halfway there for most kids. It's fun, but it's not like as exciting as, as a traditional camp. And we want to see our camp packed this summer. Um, I've been telling people we have a fairly ambitious plan uh, for programming. We have hired a small staff. It's about half size. 
Uh, we're still looking for one uh, male staff member for sure, um, possibly two, depending on they're still signing the papers. Um, but we're excited that we found a team that's willing and ready to go. If we go to overnight camps, we're, we're able to do about a half size camp and then scale up from there if we can find more staff on the fly. Um, I always like to, to kind of highlight the ways to be involved at camp. And you guys know this well as a supporting church for many years, um, but there's three main ways. Um, the first and most important way is to pray. And pray with us. Um, you, can, you can find out how to pray by signing up for our prayer emails. They come out almost once a month. Um, if you have them now, you know that's not exactly true, but they come out fairly regularly. Um, and you'll see prayer requests there. You can phone us or come visit us. We still do welcome visitors. And uh, just phone ahead so we can schedule times. And um, yeah, we need, we need prayer, prayer support like, nothing before, like never before. Um, this has been a, a trying year for everyone. And God has, has been faithful and has been good to see camp continue to move forward, continue to grow. Uh, throughout the challenges. There is the obvious way of coming to serve at camp. That's the second way to be involved. Um, this year we're happy to announce we're welcoming our volunteers during camp again. I think we've worked out the kinks and, and know how to, to manage them within the regulations. So if you're interested in coming down to volunteer for a day or a week or an hour, uh, just come and, and tap me on the shoulder. And that could be in the kitchen, that could be doing groundswork, that could be uh, helping lead a skill. Um, I know the men's group is planning to come down and, and help us out before camp, which is really awesome too. On that note, um, we have a need for, um, I've been reminded a couple times, we have a need for plywood. Now I know this is pretty much gold these days, <laughs> but if you have a pile of gold somewhere in your back 40, and it doesn't have to be beautiful, because we're fixing up our paintball course, we've completely stripped it bare, mowed it flat and it's being rebuilt. And so if you have any uh, plywood uh, that you'd like to donate to the camp, that would be amazing. We might have to get a, re uh, a third party uh, estimator to do the valuation for a gift in kind on that. But <laughs> um, so yeah, it's exciting to see there's some things happening there on the grounds already. And there's gonna be grounds projects going on throughout the spring here. Um, and the third way that you can be involved at camp as always is to give. Um, just by way of update, operationally, God's been good. Uh, we, we made some drastic adjustments last year financially to, to be able to be wise stewards. And um, we have not yet faced a really tight spot this year. Only because of God moving donors uh, to stand behind the camp through this time. And so... Um, We've been so thankful for that. We're looking at this summer with a, you know, with a, a general idea of, of how it'll work out. And we're hopeful that God's, well, we know that it's his camp. We're, we're confident of that, that he's going to provide. Um, but we do need, um, we, we just value that, that participation by our donors. We have missionary support. Um, so myself, uh, Jade, who I just mentioned, Dan and Wanda, we're all full-time at the camp, but we're all support raising missionaries. And you might be thinking, well, you're a missionary, you live in Marston. 
It's true. I'm a missionary that lives in Marsden, and uh, our mission field is the camp. It is the, the communities surrounding the camp. And so um, all of us are, are looking to grow our, our support team this year. Um, and so if you're interested in that, you can talk to me. Or you can phone the camp, or you can phone One Hope Canada. One Hope Canada actually deals with our support account, so you can phone the the 1888 number that they have, and uh, they can set you up with what you need to know. Manitou 365, like I've already mentioned, is our ongoing project, and we're still moving forward confidently that this is where we need to go. Um, two things through COVID have, or through, not COVID, through the last year have fully convinced me that we still need to go forward with this. Because you might be tempted to look at it and think, it's not really wise to add more to the camp in this season, but I believe it is, and here's why. Um, one thing that we've been forced to do is to be extremely creative with the format and the season of programming that we're offering. And uh, this addition of housing will allow us to be even more flexible, to do small group uh, ministry at the, during the summertime, during the fall, winter, and spring. And uh, we'll be able to reach more people that way. But the second one is not related to COVID. It's related to where our society is at as a whole. Now, this is a bit of my soapbox, but I am passionate about this. There's been a serious erosion of confidence in God's word happening inside the church and outside the church. Um, you don't have to look far to see how it's unpopular to, to stand for what the Bible says. And that's shaking the faith of many, many of our young people and older people. And to have a place where we can reinforce the confidence that God is speaking truth here um, and, to, and to provide the tools to our young people is just, it's necessary now like never before. Our gospel basics uh, curriculum is one aspect of that, but we, we plan to expand that into all different, all different areas of, uh, of Christian life. And uh, I think it's, it's, it's what we need to be doing as, as a church. It's what we need to be doing as a camp is to help provide support for our young people. If you have questions, that was a really quick run through about what camp is, what's happening at camp. If you have questions, I'm going to hang around afterwards. We'd be happy to visit. Um, but I'd like to spend the next little bit of time here in God's word. So I'm just going to say a, uh, a word of prayer to ask him to, to help us with that. Father, I thank you so much for the hope that we can see in your word. And I thank you that we can be confident that you as the creator, as the designer, as the owner of this all, you know what's best. I pray that as we open your word today, you'd speak to us clearly, that you'd remove any distractions, and that your words would be the words that are heard here. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, I think on this next slide you're going to see a really nice picture. Um, oh, we're a few slides away. Sorry, Cam. That one there, yep, that's perfect. Um, so this uh, slide should make you cringe if you've farmed. Uh, to see a combine and a tractor trying to pull it out all stuck in the mud. Um, have you ever been in a place where you actually needed to be rescued? I, I know I have. And so my dad, when I was growing up, my dad was, was um, a little bit notorious in our family for trying to go places that he, a vehicle really shouldn't go. 
Um, we would go fishing out in the back boonies, you know, up in, uh, up at, in the Loon Lake area. We'd be in, out in, in little lakes that, that shouldn't be accessible. And, and there were several times where I said, oh, we're stuck. And my dad would always say, well, you're not really stuck if you can still get out. Which is pretty like a no, much a no-brainer, right? Of course, you're not really stuck if you can still get out. But what he meant by that was if you can still get out of the vehicle and work for an hour or two and move, you're not quite stuck yet. <laughs> I remember uh, another story about, uh, it's not a story, it's an experience at camp two years ago. I got a radio call right before supper from a couple of our staff and they said, hey, we got a couple of kids stuck on the beach. And I was getting ready to go, go for supper. So I was not really wanting to run down to the beach at that point. And I said, well, just get them out then. And I forgot about it. And it, it probably half an hour later, because I was eating my supper, um, they called again, hey, we really can't get these kids out. <laughs> I'm like, what do you mean you can't get kids out? Like, how could they be stuck on the beach? So I went down there. And uh, one of the favorite activities on the beach is to dig a hole. I don't know why. And that hole turns to mud from the lake water. And then that mud is really quite quite uh, suction-y. I don't know if that's a word. But it, it, had, it had my nephew, which was one of the two campers. I didn't know that. And his friend uh, stuck just about up to their waist in that quicksand. And the two staff members that were down there were being very careful, which I'm glad. Uh, they had spades, but they didn't want to like dig in there and, and cut anyone. They didn't want to pull their hips out of joint, so they were stuck. Those two guys could do nothing to get out of that mud on their own. We worked them out of there. We, we came up with a plan and dug around them and took the pressure off their legs and it was no problem, but they were in need of a rescue. Um, in today's text, we're going to be looking at two verses from the scripture reading in, for, in Colossians 1. Um, and this, this is a passage that speaks about rescue. And I want you to just keep this in mind. You don't, you're not really stuck if you can still get out of it. You're not in need of a rescue if you can still save yourself. Let's read these, these two verses together first. For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son he loves, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Um, we're going to look at this verse, just in, or these two verses in three kind of phrases. Um, and the first phrase we're going to look at is that he has rescued us from. God has rescued us from. It says in here, he's rescued us from the dominion of darkness. The word dominion is not a word that you probably say every day. And you might not have said it ever, except for when you're reading scripture. I'm not sure. Uh, but dominion means uh, that which is mastered or ruled. Uh, we don't really live that out very often in our lives. To be mastered or ruled. Uh, our government is, is a democracy. Um, we don't have a dictator over us. Um, I guess that might be a matter of opinion. But we, we generally live a very, very free existence. An independent existence. But to be mastered or ruled over is what this verse is, is talking about. Because it says that we are rescued from the dominion, being mastered or ruled by darkness. If uh, uh, there could have been a lot of words that, that were chosen for this, a lot of different concepts. If it was like you were rescued from the inconvenience of, 
or the, the nagging annoyance of, the, of darkness. No, it was the dominion of darkness. This is the start of the gospel message right here. This is the beginning or the basis for the gospel message that we needed to be rescued in the first place. Um, it, this phrase points out clearly that God rescued us um, because we needed rescuing. There was nothing that, that we could do in our own strength or our own power to just fix it ourselves. We needed to be rescued. We were so stuck that we had to call in for a bigger tractor to pull us out. To use that picture analogy at the start. There was nothing in the gas tank that we could apply to our, our stuckness to get ourselves out. This is uh, establishing the human condition as sinners, uh, as people born into sin. That sin problem started way back in the garden uh, with our enemy, the devil, tempting us. And, and, and that, that's been inherited ever since then. So what does it look like to be stuck in, to be mastered by the dominion of darkness? Galatians uh, chapter 5, verses 19 and 21, and Romans 1, 18 and 32, they paint a really dark picture of what that looks like. It looks like being, being in the dominion of darkness looks like uh, sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions and envy, drunkenness, orgies and the like. Living like this uh, you won't inherit the kingdom of God. In other words, living for self-gratification and pride is what it looks like. All of those things are living for self, living, living to serve self. The Romans passage um, describes a bit more. Romans 1, 18 to 32. I'm just summarizing, not reading. Uh, it looks like suppressing the truth, not glorifying God or giving thanks to Him. Exchanging the glory of a mortal God for images made to look like mortal men, birds, and animals. Exchanging the truth of God for a lie, worshipping created things instead of creator. Perverting God's plan for sex, becoming filled with every kind of wickedness, evil, greed, and depravity, full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, and malice. Gossips, slanderers, God-haters, insolent, arrogant, and boastful. Inventing, it looks like inventing ways of doing evil, disobeying our parents. Senseless, faithless, heartless, ruthless. And even though we know God's righteous decrees and uh, not doing them leading to death, we still do them. That's what, that's what living in the dominion of darkness looks like. It sound, when you list it like that, it sounds like, well, obviously that sounds self-destructive. Obviously that sounds terrible. Obviously that, that sounds um, like something I, I would never do. But if you read that list carefully, actually, there's a lot of familiar tones in there that I can actually relate to. Our culture, in fact, celebrates many of these things as virtuous now. Our culture has elevated uh, some of these evil things and said, this is actual freedom. This is what it looks like to be truly myself, to be free, to express myself in the way that I feel like I need to. When in fact, 
It's actually slavery. What is, is dressed up to look like freedom in our culture is actually slavery. It's disguised as slavery. It's disguised as freedom, sorry. And this is true. Whenever we live in a way that's outside of God's intention and God's design, there's going to be a problem. See, God's got a design for how his creation, that's us, that's you, that's me, that's this world. He's got an he's got a idea how it's designed to thrive and to do well in relationships, to do well physically, to do well spiritually, to do well emotionally. And when we step outside of those intentions and that design, um, we're just asking for failure. We're asking for, for problems. See, living outside of God's design is not living the enlightened life. It's actually putting ourselves into slavery. And in that slavery, there's nothing we can do to rescue ourselves. So this is bad news. This is where the gospel starts. This is bad news. That we actually need to be rescued. Because it starts out in this passage saying, For he has rescued us, he has rescued me, from the dominion of darkness, from absolute slavery to darkness. This should become, when we fully uh, accept or understand how serious this is, this should become our motivation to get out there and tell other people. You don't have to live like that. You don't have to be a slave to that. There's more. There's so much more for you. This idea that we can't solve the sin problem on our own terms and conditions should move us to look to him instead of ourselves. Because we're powerless to do a self-rescue. Okay, that was the first part. That was the bad news. The good news is that he has brought us into the kingdom of the son he loves. He's brought us into the kingdom of the son he loves. Did you notice that this word kingdom is kind of like dominion? I, I think that that's maybe really obvious to you, but we're brought into another realm of power and control, but it's now his, it's now Jesus. Once we are rescued from the dominion of darkness, we are brought into another domain. That's the kingdom of Jesus. Um, there's lots of descriptions in the New Testament about what the kingdom of Jesus or the kingdom of God looks like. Um, if you want like, I have a slide up here coming up that is a really quick summary, but don't get bogged down by the details. Just listen to the general feel of what it means to be in God's kingdom. It's a kingdom that where God identifies as true citizens. It's a kingdom where God grows his kingdom supernaturally and almost pervasively like a mustard seed. It becomes a kingdom that when fully understood becomes indescribably valuable. It's a kingdom where childlike faith is a requirement to enter. It's a kingdom where God himself determines eligibility, not my works, not my merit, not my skill set, not my effort. God himself determines that eligibility. It's a kingdom that is value, to be valued, to be carefully watched for, to be stewarded. It's a kingdom where God rejoices. He searches us out. And he rejoices when the lost are found. We hear that in the, the parable of the shepherd that left the 99 sheep to find that one wandering 
sheep. This is a, it's an upside down kingdom where the greatest should be like the youngest, those who rule like those who serve. It's a kingdom that is entered only by being born of the water and of the spirit. And that's from John 3, 9. What does it mean to be born of water and of the spirit? You see, there's a transformation that happens in us when we are rescued from the dominion of darkness. We're brought into the kingdom of the son he loves. There's actually, uh, we're born again. We're brought to life in the spirit. Um, we can see this in 2 Corinthians 5.17, that we're a new creation. And what does that look like? When we're brought to life again as this new creation, what's that supposed to look like? Galatians 5.22-23, you guys have probably heard this verse many, many times, but it talks about the fruit of the Spirit. That's the evidence that, that God has made a new creation in us. And, the, and what comes out of that is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. In short, it's going to be obvious that we are dying to our pride, to our selfishness, and that we're submitting to God's design and God's intention. It looks like we're making much of Him and less of me. Now that should grate on you just a little bit. Because who doesn't want to look out for me? I, I, I kind of want to make sure that I get my own recognition and my own comforts. And, but part of this process of being sanctified to being grown as a new creation is going to look like making much of Jesus and less of self. This, is a, this kingdom that we're brought into is amazing. It's one in which we find freedom. From sin and death. That was the slavery that we were saved from. Because he's defeated that power. By taking our place on the cross at Calvary. This passage finishes quite simply. It says. And this is. Uh, so we're rescued from. We're brought in. And we were provided with redemption. Or we were, we were redeemed. And forgiven. This new life in the Spirit is possible because of two important truths stated at the end of the verse. Redeemed. That's a term that, that can be used as a legal term uh, around slavery. A slave that was redeemed was one that someone else went and purchased their freedom for, the, for them, paid the price of their, that was owed for them, and it was given to them, and they were free. That's what Jesus has done for us on the cross. He's redeemed us. He's paid the debt that we owed for our sin. And he's given us freedom. Not because we're really good. Not because we tried really hard. Not because of anything else except that he is good. We're redeemed. We've been set free from the slavery of the dominion of darkness. We are dead in our transgressions and made alive by the spirit. And then we are forgiven. And we know that is implied in the first one. But our debt has been cancelled by the payment made by Jesus on our behalf. We just celebrated Easter not too long ago. And that is the good news that we're celebrating. That he, is, he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness. He's brought us into the kingdom of the Son he loves. In whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. As a, as a thought to take home. You might 
be hearing this message and think that's really good and all, but sometimes my experience is not quite like that. I don't always feel free uh, to, to do the right thing. I don't always feel freed from that slavery. And I just want to tell you today, it's a lie. If you don't, if you, if you're believing that you're not free, it's a lie. If you've been redeemed and forgiven, that work is complete. You've been set free from the dominion of darkness. You no longer have to give in. It's not that you won't be tempted. It's not like you won't struggle, but you no longer have to because you're no longer a slave. I want you to think through this week what, what areas you might be still wrestling with the, the flesh on and, and, and consider this truth that we're no longer slaves to that. Our enemy is a really good liar. He's really good at convincing us that we have to. But Jesus is greater. We don't have to. We've been brought into the kingdom of the sunny loves. We're no longer slaves to sin, to fear. No longer do we need to despair, for it's his victory that he won on our behalf. We've been set free by a price we didn't have to pay. This is the good news for us. And this is the good news we need to share. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the reminder that it's your work that sets us free. And thank you for the challenge from your word to not, not live like slaves, even though we've been freed. Help each one of us to consider ways this week in our lives where we can more fully live in the truth that we are free. Uh, give us all the confidence to step into that freedom, boldly proclaiming that, that your work is enough. I thank you for this church again, and I thank you that um, yeah, they, they are salt and light here in Lashburn. I pray that you bless them and give them the boldness to continue to represent you well here. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Seth. I mean, thank you, Seth. That was great. Um, let's stand and sing together some songs that celebrate our redemption and tell the story of that and also God's amazing grace um, in the gifts that he gives us freely.
is a very familiar or similar theme, um, but we took a non-democratic vote and we decided we wanted to do this song too, so <laughs> we're going to do it.
team and, and thanks Seth for, for sharing that with us as he said if you have questions about camp and the ministry and how crops and cows and for camp works <laughs> and all that uh, you can talk to Seth and, uh, and later on he'll be hanging around for a little bit and you can talk to him then anyway time for our uh, praise and prayer portion of our worship service so of course we want to uh, emphasize camp in our prayers here this this morning and uh, let's pray for our camp and the ministries and and uh, don't know what kind of change of plan is going to have to happen depending on how the regulations go but we hopefully that they'll open up and we can we can uh, uh, do that so let's pray for our camp anything else we need to pray for this morning or something you want to praise God for okay let's bow our heads in prayer then please Lord God, we just want to praise you for the fact that we can gather together in church, not like we'd like to. We're missing a lot of our congregation here this morning, and that hurts. Um, but Lord, we we just thank you that, uh, that we can at least have a semblance of assembling together. And and Lord, it, uh, we, we just want to come together as your, as your children, as your body. And just bring these things to you that are on our hearts and minds this morning. We know that you as our father, you're very much concerned about the welfare of your children, but we are your children and you are our father. And so you have a wisdom that's greater than us. And yeah, we have an idea of what we'd want, what we'd like, what we think the answers are, but you as our father may have a better plan, a better idea, a wiser thought than what we have. And so Lord, we just want to come to you and share our requests but Lord, humbly submitting to the fact that you are our God and you know best. And so Lord, we want to pray for our camp ministry. Thank you, Lord, for uh, this camp and what it stood for for over 80 years. And we thank you for the staff that we have now and the creativity they've shown this past year and the things they've put together and a lot of them on the spur of the moment. But looking back, those are the things they put together are things that can be used again. Uh, and they would work very well with uh, retreat settings that we're thinking about uh, doing year round. And so Lord, you taught us things as a camp through COVID. And you've forced us to figure things out and put things together that down the road will be very useful. And so we just wanna praise you for that. And we pray for our camp. Lord, how I pray you bring in, uh, first of all, well, the staff and, and the campers, and I pray, Lord, that there would be good opportunity to minister in spite of the guidelines. Help them, Lord, to be creative to how to, how to follow the guidelines and at the same time minister effectively. And pray that kids would come to know you as Savior this summer. 
pray that staff would be supplied, that they would grow in their walk with you. Pray that you give the wisdom needed to our leaders. And then, Lord, you know the fundraising 365 project of raising money to get us to the place where we can do year-round ministry. And, Lord, we're seeing that it's so important, as Seth said. Uh, there's so many opportunities, and our society is going in such a wrong way. And there's uh, authority of God's word, like Seth mentioned, that's being so watered down and, and, uh, and even just denied outright. And, uh, Lord, opportunities to ground our kids, ground our people further in, in the authority of the word of God. And the thing that comes to my mind and something that I feel strong about is our, our families. Our families are under such attack in our society. And Lord, this would give us opportunities to do things, family seminars, family retreats, marriage things that we could do as we retreat setting all year round and another opportunity where we as a camp can serve. And, and uh, so Lord, there's so many opportunities we can do with year round ministry. So Lord, give the camp wisdom. And Lord, I just pray you would as, as we feel you've led us to on this course that you would supply the money that is needed and uh lord that you would uh just move in the hearts of your people to get behind this financially lord do you want to pray for brad and sarah as they are nearing the point where they need to make make a decision i just pray lord that uh as he brad mentioned the selling of their place in their house i pray lord that you would guide and direct in that and you'd work that out and uh, Lord, just help them through this area of transition. Lord, it's been a tough year for the Remples as they're trying to figure out exactly what you're doing and where you're leading them. And, and so, Lord, I pray that you would just give them your guidance and you'd put the pieces together for them. Uh, thank you for Autumn. Thank you, Lord, so much that uh, you have brought her into their lives and into our life and the blessing she has continued to give her, Lord, your strength uh, and guidance to grow and develop in her walk with you. Lord, you want to pray for, uh, as Joyce requested, Elton and Andrea and their family. Thank you, Lord, so much that, <coughs> that uh, Andrea and Haley have recovered from their bout with COVID. And, and I think their mama's out of the hospital. Andrea's mama's out of the hospital, too, I think. And, and we praise you for that. And I just pray they'll be able to recover fully. And I'm not sure if they have recovery to yet, but that they're able to be back to work. That's great news. And, Lord, for some of them that are still isolating for another week or so, and I just pray you give them the strength for that, too. And then, Lord, for Grandma Gray as she has transitioned to Pioneer House, Lord, I, I just pray you'd help them in the adjustments. It's it's not easy. It's never easy for anybody. And Lord, I pray you'd be with uh, Grandma Gray. Help her, Lord, to adjust to that, even though her mind is a bit confused, that even that confusion that she would know in her spirit that you were there with her and that you were walking with her and she would just, her spirit to your spirit, Lord, just have that good communion and that she would be at peace with uh, being at that place and in your arms. And for Joyce and her family, Lord, uh, they have their own adjustments to make in all this. And I pray you'd give them your strength for that too. And, and uh, just go before them and uh, hold them and guide them through this. Lord, you want to pray for Corey's mom? Thank you, Lord, that the surgery seems to be successful. And uh, I just pray you'd help her in the recovery. Uh, Corey said they're looking at, we're thinking at least a week, a week yet. I pray that you'd be with her during this week. Uh, be close to her, be with Corey's dad, and uh, I'm not sure how much she's, he's allowed to visit her, but or just be with him through this time as well. And uh, Lord, I also want to pray, as Corey mentioned, the, the firefighters and uh, and how busy they've been. And Lord, the things that are going crazy spring, um, as he said, 
Lord, they're all volunteer firefighters, and uh, I, I really pray that, uh, first of all, you'd bless them. Just bless them for their work that they do on behalf of the communities that they're part of. And uh, give them, Lord, your ongoing strength to do what they're called to do. And uh, Lord, just help them. Help them, we pray. Give them your strength, both physically, through the long hours, and also, Lord, emotionally and spiritually, that you'd help them through this. And uh, Lord, along those lines, we want to pray for rain. It's getting pretty dry. We, we, we think, anyway, and we, we just ask you, Lord, that you'd send the rain or the moisture to be able to uh, dampen things down so the, at least the outdoor fires, the grass and stubble fires, would be put to rest. And uh, yeah, Lord, just be with our firefighters, we pray. And also, Lord, for uh, my sister-in-law, Colleen, Lord, I just ask that you would be close to her as she has a surgery tomorrow. Lord, I pray that this time everything would go well, that the uh, tests would all be clear and that she could go right into surgery. And, uh, and Lord, whatever is causing that tremendously fast growth inside of her that would be our desire, obviously, that it would not be cancer. That's the first thing we think about. But, Lord, I pray that it, that would not be it. And, Lord, I pray the surgery would be successful and everything would be removed. And, and uh, But, Lord, whatever whatever it is, it's, it, it is or what it is. And so, Lord, I, I pray that you give them your strength and guidance through this, uh, that uh, they'll be able to deal with whatever the diagnosis is and whatever the, the aftermath of this will be. I, I just ask that you would be close to them and guide them, give them your strength for that. Lord, I want to pray for the members of our church family who are not here this morning. Uh, Lord, I just pray you'd be close to them, help them to stay close to you. And even though they're not able to be in church, that they would uh, just take the time to listen online later on tonight to this service uh, or uh, whatever you have in mind for them, that you would just help them to uh, stay close to you, to grow close to you, be fed from your word. And uh, Lord, that they would lead and guide their families in worshiping you uh, on their own. And Lord, I truly want to pray for our government leaders. Um, this COVID thing is something that, uh, it's hard to even know what to say, but Lord, I, I ask that you give our government guidance and wisdom. It's such a balancing act that they need to, that they need to, uh, to, to perform, to deal with rising numbers, to deal with with the balance of how to stop those numbers and yet how to allow us all to live our lives. And, and uh, Lord, give them your wisdom, we pray. May they listen to good advice and not to need your reactions. Lord, may they find good, solid advice and, and follow it. And uh, Lord, I pray that uh, you give us as citizens in this great nation, citizens of our province, wisdom to be the citizens you, you would want us to be. Lord, thanks for bringing us together. As we go from here, I just, uh, I just ask your blessing on us. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so moving on, we don't pass offering plates around anymore, but uh, this would be the time we would do that normally in our service, but uh, there's an offering box over there for you if you want to put your offering in there. That would be great, or you can e-transfer directly to the church. That's uh, probably a simpler option and uh, less uh, complicated than anything else. Or uh, So that's an option for you as well. Uh, 
So let's uh, let's just bow in prayer and ask God's blessing for for the offering. Lord God, the, you blessed us richly, in spite of all the things that we're facing uh, financially. Lord, we are blessed so much compared to so many places in the world. We thank you for that blessing, and Lord, as we give to you out of the great blessing you've given us, may you take your these offerings and use them to the furtherance of your kingdom. We pray in your name. Amen. So just uh, some announcements real quick. Uh, they're in your bulletins. I don't think there's anything uh, real new there. They're all much as, as uh, usual, except for that men's event down at the camp. That date has been set for May the 8th. So men's day at the camp, our uh, first men's event of the year, May the 8th. That's a Saturday. So if we could be at the camp kind of 9 o'clock-ish in the morning. And uh, Seth has already lined up a whole whack of firewood that needs to be cut and split, so that'll be what we will be doing. So bring a chainsaw. Uh, Seth is trying to line up a, a splitter, but if you have a splitter, you can bring that. If you don't, you have a splitting axe, or maybe you have a splitting axe, you can bring that, and we'll. S <laughs> and we'll go a contest. Who can split more wood, the splitter or the guy with the axe? <laughs> And then we'll uh, we'll have some other events too, some fun stuff for us as men, and and, and uh, some of that as well. So that's May the eighth for the men. And another th announcement to the men in the bulletin: I put a text out to the, all the men as well. But uh, our uh, our child our, in Honduras, uh, we as a men's group sponsor, uh, and the money to do for that. So uh, and Corey takes care of that. So uh, please see Corey about uh, your donation toward our child there in Honduras. So any other announcements that aren't in there, we should. Mention? If not, we don't have a trivia quiz today, so you kids, uh, sorry about that. I didn't have access to Seth's notes, so I couldn't put together a quiz for you. But we'll go retro. Let's see if we got here. Oh, yeah, we got it. <laughs> Okay, so the trivia question is, first kid with your hand up in the air, uh, with the right answer, get surprised. And the qu question is, God has rescued us from what? I want the exact words that were in the Bible. Of course. Slavery? No. Nope. Well, that's the right idea. Those are the words. <laughs> okay, I'll give you one word. God rescued us from the dominion? Sin? No. Okay, Tristan, I think Darkness, you got it. Dominion of darkness. There you go, Tristan. Thank you. Ah, <laughs> oh, shoot, I forgot. Probably shouldn't have done that according to guidelines. Shouldn't be throwing stuff around, <laughs> passing things from hand to hand. That's against the guidelines. My apologies. If you get COVID, I'll. Uh... <laughs> Take the blame. <laughs> I'll isolate for you. <laughs> okay, let's close our service. Uh, thanks, God, for allowing us to be together. And as we go from here, may we take what we heard here. And, and whatever our week holds for us, Lord, that we would uh, just live our lives according to what you have told us in your word uh, this morning. Uh, we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. <laughs>